Yeah, g'day, mate. You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Kiwi Farms, the infamous platform for hate speech and doxing, lost its DDoS protection and hosting rights earlier this month after a coordinated online effort saw thousands calling for private companies to drop their support for the website. This effort came after transgender streamer Kefals was joxed and harassed by members of the site and, as a result, started a campaign to get support for the website by provider Cloudflare removed. This isn't the first time a website has targeted members of the LGBTQ community, but Kiwi Farms' tactics have been more vicious and targeted than other sites in the past that have spread hate. This instance raises the question of the roles of hosting services and service providers in the proliferation of hate content. I spoke to PhD candidate Joshua James about the issue. So how big of a threat are sites like Kiwi Farms to LGBTQ people? Some of their sites are more dangerous than others. If we take, say, HN, they don't necessarily present a big real-world threat to queer people. However, Kiwi Farms was unique in that they could link kind of siloed hatred to real-world actions, um, which is unusual in the field of kind of hate websites. Um, yeah. And so... Do you think that the harm perpetuated by these sites, Kiwi Farms in particular, but other ones like 8chan, is it a new concern or is it a symptom variation of a wider issue? Yes and no. It's a new issue because the kind of ability to harness a large group of people who are all intent on kind of one kind of harmful action, that's relatively new in the scheme of kind of human society. Um, it's not a new issue in the sense that transphobia has existed for a long time. Um, same with kind of homophobia and queerphobia. But also, I mean, Kiwi Farms has been operating since 2013. So whilst it's come to uh, kind of more attention now, it's not an old um, website and their tactics have remained the same over that time. There's been three suicides linked to Kiwi Farms, at least three suicides. Um, and the first one was in about 2013. So... It, it is both new and an old problem, but yeah, I guess that the, in, the increased interconnectedness of society makes it a, a, a bigger problem now than it did before. And so what are your thoughts on deplatforming for sites like this? I have mixed thoughts on it. Um, websites will always be able to find a new hosting server. So when Cloudflare um, deplatformed them or, or removed their ability to use their hosting website, they're just going to go and find somewhere else. Um, so in that sense, it's not that practical um, or, or efficient. It also draws more attention to the website with its stated goals. Um, so there's been a whole lot of publicity that came with the deplatforming, and I'm guessing that they're going to have an increase in uh, users who can visit the site once they secure a new hosting server. Um, is it morally right? Um, yes, probably. Um, it might also act as a circuit breaker. So um, in the lead up to the cancellation of the hosting, there was an increased amount of activity. So it could act as kind of a circuit breaker of hate. I would also just note that I don't think this company did it um, for moral reasons, and these companies never do. Uh, in recent weeks, there's been uh, more business kind of um, pr 
pressure placed on this website, uh, the server site, um, and that's why I think they they have cancelled it. So there's there's pros and cons. I mean, if we take HN, they were deplatformed a number of times, um, and they've always found a new um, hosting service. So uh, probably not. It's not it's not particularly effective. It could be moral. Um, yeah. So what would be more effective on this problem? Um, I mean, there's a number of of actions that can be taken place. The first is um, better internet um, hygiene, so teaching young people uh, at an earlier age what kind of good internet practice is. Um, we also see these uh, uh, microclimates of hate fester in communities that have long been kind of ignored by the political establishment. And I think a greater focus on their kind of underlying needs would dispel some of that hatred. A lot of them are not necessarily uh, well, so offering services to cater to their full mental health needs. And I know that's kind of perhaps a cop-out. Some people will say that's a cop-out, you know, trying to offer services or support to the perpetrators of harm. But I think that's a more effective way than kind of cancellations or deplatforming is looking at some of these root causes that the political scene has changed dramatically over the past 30 years and we've essentially left people behind. And I think that kind of leaving people behind has created a lot of hate um, for for these um, often young men. And are there legislative changes you think would help, or is it really just looking at those social institutions? Um, again, I'm in two minds about this. Um, the question of do we need to regulate content more? Well, it depends what the purpose of regulation is. If the purpose of regulation is to stop um, attracting people to these sites, then it's probably not going to work. The internet is... Uh, created in such a way that it can largely escape legislative regulation. However, if we're taking a moral stand, then, then absolutely um, regulate it. If we're, if we're um, I mean, if we take the example of the Christchurch uh, Manifesto, so that is currently under censorship order, uh, so people can't access it legally in New Zealand. However, it's still readily available on the internet. So the regulation actually doesn't really stop people finding it if they want to. It might stop them stumbling upon it, um, maybe, but it doesn't really stop anyone who wants it. However, it's a good kind of a moral thing to do as a society and say, well, we don't want this kind of content to be accessible. So, yeah, I guess if we're trying to prevent radicalization, regulation does kind of an okay job. But if we're taking kind of a moral stance about what is acceptable speech uh, in society, and then, then sure, regulation can work that way. Excellent. Thank you very much. Great. Good. That was PhD candidate and research fellow Joshua James talking about the role of deplatforming in preventing the spread of hate speech. Yeah, now, Steve's, that was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast. <laughs>